Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about a concept that I've been pondering for quite some time and starting to kind of just inadvertently implement into my business. And now this time of year, fall with aeration and seeding season, uh, it's a good opportune time to talk about this because it's it's a critical time to kind of implement this. And it's something that I've, again, inadvertently done by default and realized how, how, how it really puts this into play. And like the title of the episode is uh, how to, how to become irreplaceable, right? How, how to make yourself um, so important that people don't want to replace you, you know, um, and or your business. Like I, I know a lot of times there's just people um, like for, for one thing, a quick side tangent, when you're a solo owner operator, by default, we end up like spoiling our clients, right? If we're mowing their lawn, we're doing landscaping work regularly, maybe we're even fertilizing, you know, uh, spraying weeds, things like that. Whatever services we're doing regularly for people, it ends up being, uh, we end up just usually, I would would imagine um, most of us, if not all of us, um, by design or not, end up doing a really, really, really good job, like super detailed, like to the point of like, I know myself included or for specifically going from a homeowner to a professional, I was a very detail oriented homeowner. I took my time. I was very methodical. I want everything to be crisp and, and edged and, 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 uh, striped and blown off and everything perfect you know, as much as possible. Every, every week when I took care of my lawn, I wanted to look as perfect as possible. I wanted to be the envy of the neighborhood. And I, I, I wasn't in a rush. There was never, I mean, sometimes I was in a rush. Like if I was trying to beat the rain or something like that or whatever, I had a busy week and stuff. But for the most part, I, it's not like I had to go onto another yard, another yard, another yard, yard, things like that. Like I wasn't doing it. I wasn't getting paid. It was my own leisurely um, chore and activity for my business. So I, I, I could take, take more time and, and, and focus on all the details. And like I said, be more methodical about it. When you take that to a professional business now, you, you, you know, you end up spending more time than you probably should on, on each property. You have to start to learn how you can tweak some things a little bit. Of course, with time, there's going to be more speed, doing the same things, getting better at the best equipment you can for the particular tasks at hand, you know, the best commercial trimmers and edgers and get a stick edger, uh, potentially instead of just edging and, and trimming everything with a trimmer, you know, sometimes I know for me lately, uh, the first time I got a stick edger was for my employees, uh, because I, I just, I just knew that being able to keep a straight, clean edge, you know, on side, long sidewalks and driveways and things that have to be edged constantly, that you can use a stick edger for, but I would use a trimmer all the time and I was fine. You know, I did it for years and years. So I got really good at it. And I just, I think I more naturally had an ability to do that more just from, you know, my background and skills or whatever. Some people are are easier, are are better at that. Just like some people can make straight lines, mowing lawns easier than others. For some reason, some people just can't keep their, their stripes straight to save their life. Um, unless you really like, uh, unless they really practice and have certain things, you know, certain like systems or whatever in place to ensure that they keep their lines as straight as possible. But some things are more natural for others is, is what I'm saying. And so, but, but I, I know that that's, I can't over the years just keep growing and hiring more and more people or just going through a handful of employees that I have at the time. You know how it is, tons of turnover. It's even worse now in 2022 post ish COVID and all that. It's just, it's crazy to find and keep good people even more than it already was before in the, um, labor intensive, you know, market of construction and landscaping and just working outside and all that. So I'm trying to find, so trying to find people that not only just, just trying to find people in general, not only like that'll show up for work on time and all that. So, and so now, now you want them to be able to edge, you know, like a professional with a trimmer. That's, it's almost like we're asking a lot. So I I was just looking at all those things and thinking of all those things, I mean, and just knowing that that would be a challenge. So to make it a little bit easier, I would just, I just got a stick edger because you just give anyone a stick edger and give them some super basic quick training and boom, they just get after it. It's really not that hard. That's like the first thing you should have an employee do is a new employee. Here's a stick edger. Here's how you use it. You know, like if they've never even started uh, any kind of, 
you know, hand uh, handhelds before or whatever, you can use the edger. Look, you choke it. Yeah, you, you know, um, uh, the primer press the primer ball four, five, six times, whatever the heck it is. Um, whatever you do, sometimes people just do two, three, whatever, you know, and then you, you pull on it, boom, starts and you, you know, take it off choke and you pull it again. You let it run for a few seconds or however long every engine is different, right? Echo steel, whatever. Some people, some of them just fire right up. Some of them, they gotta, they gotta run for a little bit before they, they can go good. So, but that's, you can just train everybody that on that stick edger. And then here you go. Here's how you use the stick edger, find the groove and go boom, you know, and, and then you just let them go on their way and they edge their little lives away for however long you feel necessary until they have that down pat. And then you move on to trimmers and, mowing and all that stuff. But anyway, I said all that, you know, three minutes ago, I guess <laughs> to say, or four minutes ago to say that, you know, that's just a, a, another way of um, trying to save time and go from being a homeowner and being so methodical and detail oriented to just speeding things up a little bit more by using the right equipment for the right thing to make you more efficient, obviously using commercial things so they don't break and they're higher power. So they're going to get it done faster and not bogged down and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you do all that to save some time, but we still end up doing a lot more, you know, it seems like, like spoiling our clients. Um, and then when we start growing and having employees, not to say that our quality drops, but if you can just want to, our, our, our quality is so much higher when we're by ourselves, the owner operators solo We're it's just, just say by default, we're just crushing it. And, and we're just, we're spoiling our, our clients. Like I said, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, and we're way above the standard. And then as soon as we get employees, if we get really good employees and we train them well, then we're at standard, but to those clients, they're used to above standard. So now they think you're but they don't know that's above standard. They think your above standard is their standard, is the standard. So now you, when you, when you go down to actual standard with your good employees, now they think it's below standard if you're following me. Or if they go move on to someone else, another company, which, you know, that's their loss, right? But if they move on or maybe you let them go or something because route density or, you know, whatever the deal is, you know, you, you just, it just is not a good fit anymore. And now they have someone else and now they're at the standard, but they think they're below standard. And, you know, man, no one can be as good as, as this person, you know? So that's, that's part of making yourself irreplaceable, but that's making you irreplaceable, not making your business irreplaceable. So I, I, I just wanted to kind of have that side tangent to preface. There's a little bit of a difference there. And I, I know some companies that they themselves as the owner will do consultations and sales calls and things, and they can charge hundreds of dollars more an hour for them than they can for their employees, for their team. Like if their team shows up to do the work, unfortunately, you know, they can't charge the same high hourly rate because people are expecting so-and-so the industry expert to come, you know, fly over or drive over or whatever, go a distance to come and spend time with them at a premium rate, if that makes sense. And then versus just having the team come in or someone on your team, that's a salesperson or, or whatever marketer and they come and they, it's not the same thing. And so you, therefore their, their, their expectations are different and you know, you, you've kind of set yourself up for in that situation. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your business, how to make your business. I think I said yourself in the very beginning, but what I meant was how to make your business irreplaceable. That's the main thing because ultimately, even if you're a solo owner operator for life and that's all you want to do, you don't want to just you don't want to run your business that way a hundred percent, you know, cause what if something happens to you physically, you know, or mentally, you know, and you're just not able to continue on, uh, or, or at the same capacity or, or you just, you just willingly don't want to carry on. Maybe you want to, you, you want to sell your business or that was your plan all along or whatever, you know, you just want to retire. You just want to, you know, maybe give all your lawns away or something, whatever it is. Um, if you don't have these things built in place, you know, it, it, then, then it, it's, it's harder for you to do that. So, that's just one more selling point, one more efficiency level of your business to become irreplaceable. So one, one, once upon a time, I remember saying this to, to, to some folks and I still think this to this day and, you know, probably has mixed reviews, but you know, there's pros and cons to everything. But sometimes I wish like that our industry was a little more or 
or at all. I don't think it really is other than like fertilization and weed control stuff state by state. But I, I, I kind of wish mowing and landscaping services were more regulated or regulated at all. Like I said, I don't even know if they really even are regulated. Maybe certain states they, they are, but from, from a standpoint of, I don't know any, I mean, I don't know every trade, but there's a lot of trades, say electricians and, you know, plumbers and whatever, whether there's, whether it's unionized or whatever, there's some regulations in place, meaning, you know, if you're a legit company, you have to charge a certain amount, a certain rate, a certain per hour or whatever mechanics, you know, all these things like you can't go get your car and a vehicle inspection and, and some, you know, at one mechanic, like every mechanic you go to, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to have to, you're going to pay the same amount for your vehicle inspection. And then that's why they try to add extra stuff on. If they're those kind of, you know, salesy mechanics, they're going to, Oh, you know, maybe you want this, maybe you want that. You want to replace your wipers. You want this, you know, everything past inspection. But of course they're trying to find ways to make some money while you're there because they're really not making money off of an estate inspection. You know, that's just a required minimum amount and required um, things that they have to check according to your state. If, if your state even has vehicle inspection, some states don't even require that type of thing. So the mechanic shops, they just have to follow the state's rules and regulations and they can't charge you any more for a state inspection. They can't do any, any less of an inspection either. And they have to sign off on the thing and submit everything and give you a copy of it. And the state's got copies. So if they mess anything up, that's on them. You know, if they, if they don't, if they cut corners and the state finds out, then that's on them. So, um, you know, they just kind of, it's more of like a customer service thing for them in hopes that it will drive traffic, you know, customers to come to their shop and then hopefully they can upsell them on other things. Like hopefully when they do the inspection, they find something wrong, like actually legitimately wrong or that's going wrong or needing to be replaced in the near future and hoping that they can sell it in a way that the person will say, you know what, let's just go ahead and do it now then, you know, yeah, pass inspection, but I don't want to worry about this. Let's just go ahead and do it. And that's how they make that extra money. So the inspection just kind of bring people in that are just looking for a quick ins uh, state inspection because not everyone is licensed to do that. So th that's just one, you know, totally like side uh, example out of our industry that I, I just kind of wish because it, there, there's there's no barrier to entry for a lot of this stuff. You just grab a mower and you start mowing lawns for 20 bucks. If that's what you want. It's like, what in the world? You, you know, you're not paying any taxes or insurance paying employees if you have any, you know, day labor or whatever, you know, cash, all this stuff. And the rest of us that are trying to grow and build and grow a legit business to help our team feed their families and feed our own families and pay our own bills and all that and li live a decent life with a decent wage and so on and so forth. We're not, a lot of us aren't trying to get rich or anything. We're just trying to have a good life, right? Financially, which then transfers into everything. I mean, if, we, if you're poor, you don't have the best life. That's just the way it is. You don't have, you know, you need some sort of economic means to be able to do certain things in life. So that's the whole point of the business, you know, and if, if, if we can't do that, then, you know, the, what, 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 what is the point? So we're over here trying to do that by following the, the, the state laws and rules and regulations, you know, proper licensing, certifications, paying our taxes, having the right insurance, you know, general liability, workers comp, whatever, all that stuff. And that all costs money. And that's all expenses that are all part of our quote unquote overhead that should all be factored into our hourly rate that is factored into every single job that we bid, you know, whether it be a mulch install or trimming shrubs or mowing a lawn every week or fertilizing and weed and weed control throughout the year, like all the, or aeration and seeding, you know, like all those things and you need to factor that in. So for mowing, you're not going to be able to charge 20 bucks and, and, and be able to make a, a decent, you know, wage, a different, decent profit living, be able to have a healthy business. That's just not going to work. So I just wish there was a way some, sometimes, you know, like it's, I'm not over here, like, what was me? I'm just saying, sometimes I wish there was a way that, there are some sort of regulations to keep all those people away from that. Like, you know, it's really, you know, like some of these other traits, like I said, like, you know, you're not going to get the shaft on a uh, state inspection, or at least you shouldn't. It's, it's less likely versus just having Chuck just come out in his truck and, 
you know, hack down your lawn real quick for 20, 25 bucks. So that kind of stuff is hurting our industry and dragging us down from a market value standpoint and, and also from an image standpoint, because a lot of these chucks in the trucks, unfortunately, are not professional looking, acting, and they don't really perf- always perform the best performance uh, um, professional service either. So, but again, that's not a thing. There is no regulations or at least not, you know, every state and whatnot. So it is what it is. So I just said that the preface, well, what do you do then? How do you, uh, you know, like how, how, how do you separate yourself from your quote unquote competition? How do you make yourself irresistible? How do you make your business irreplaceable? Right. Um, because imagine, cause then this is one more level. When I think, think about this stuff, like, you know, I wish there was more regulation sometimes. Well, what if there was, imagine, imagine we were all um, only allowed to charge the same amount for like same square footage or something, whatever the regulation was. And that's probably why it's, it's tricky because there's a lot of gray area there, but I mean, other industries do it perfectly fine. So I'm sure there would, there's a way if we, if we, you know, tried hard enough, but let's just say it was whatever the criteria was, certain size yards were certain prices, you know, Hey, this, this square footage is 50 bucks. This square footage is 60 bucks. And, and there's no way around it. Like, you know, you can't, you can't charge 25 bucks for that $50 lawn and you can't charge 80 bucks for that $60 lawn. Like, you know, it, it's just, you can't price gouge people and you can't lowball. Like everyone's paying, everyone's charging the same amount. What would happen if that was the case? That would level the playing field and how would people, how would people get by? How would people separate themselves? What, what would make customers be able to, how would they be able to decide what company to pick? Well, I'll tell you. And that's the whole point of this episode. Welcome to Toro Tuesday. This week, I'm talking about the Multiforce Aerator. It's a 38-inch wide Multiforce Aerator. So it's another attachment. Um, it's not a powered attachment. It's still something you can just put in. You don't need the high-flow hydraulics like the snow blower and uh, the power broom. You just attach it to the, to the front receiver hitch, and you can just lift it up and down when you need to. This way you can transport it, getting it on and off the trailer and so on, as well as if you're going from, you know, from the sidewalk to another part of the lawn or across the driveway and so on. But this is a unique aerating attachment. Uh, instead of being a core aerator like traditionally, which leaves uh, unsightly hard plugs to accumulate on the lawn, just takes longer for it to break down, and not everybody's you know into all that. Um, some some businesses, some homeowners actually would prefer not to have uh, their lawn look like that after aeration. So this is another option for you to be able to aerate those folks with it's called a hooker aerator so basically it scoops you know it, it still punctures the soil and and scoop and it goes uh, in depths from approximately half an inch wide um by one and a quarter inch long and up to three inches deep uh he's basically scooping the soil uh so that it's it's looser looser plugs of dirt that disperse so that it breaks down a lot faster and you and you don't even really notice it as much on the soil so and for those of you that don't that don't know even what aerating or what the benefits of that is that's that's just like it says aerating you're aerating the soil by by taking removing some of the soil all over it's allowing the roots of the turf to spread and expand. It's allowing for, again, more nutrients to get in, air, water, sun, um, you know, uh, fertilization, fertilizer and uh, lime. All the different nutrients can get down in the soil better when you loosen it up. I know for me here in um, Richmond, Virginia, Central Virginia area, we have hard, compact clay soil which is uh, our natural soil. So it gets really hard and compact. So it's almost mandatory. Actually, the state of Virginia recommends every year aerating um, our, you know, your, your lawn to, to break that up, to get, you know, break up all that compaction to help get the turf to, to stay or get healthy every year. And we do that in the fall here so that the, the grass has time to recover. We also put down fresh seed around that time as well, because it's a good opportunity to get all the seed in the holes and fall is a good cooler time of year for the seed to germinate and grow and get nice and thick before, um, you get back to the, the hot summer the following year. So that's kind of the, the thing that the deal there and this aerating attachment helps me uh, be able to get that done faster. I have a stand-on aerator as well uh, from, from Toro. 
So I can use these kind of in tandem, um, especially with it being 38 inches wide. I can cover a, a decent area a lot faster, and it being attached to the multi-force going up to 10 miles an hour, that the grandstand multi-force going up to 10 miles an hour back and forth, I utilize this for the larger lawns that I have instead of being on the stand-on aerator, which is smaller, more compact, a 24-inch uh, wide, so that I can get in the, the smaller gated backyards and things like that, just smaller yards in general. I'll, I'll use that. Um, but for the bigger yards, it's not nearly as fast because you have to do more passes because it's more narrow, and it just isn't as fast. It doesn't go 10 miles an hour. It's a stand-on aerator. It's not it, it, that's not it's not meant to go that fast uh, versus the Toro Grandstand Multiforce. The mower itself goes up to 10 miles an hour. So you put this attachment on there and you just go for it. And it's wider so you can cover more ground, you know, less less passes back and forth and you can go faster. So um, I really use it for my wide open, larger yards. Again, in conjunction with um, you know my stand-on aerator for the smaller sections and smaller backyards, so it's been a really great asset for me. Again, for for all the visuals, you guys want to check it out, see how it works, see how it looks. This one's really tough to explain, you know, all those details and how it looks and how it works. Um, and, and you might even be thinking, you know, like the whole scooping and you know how's it scooping versus pulling plugs and all that. You can just check that out. As always, click on the link in the episode description uh, for Toro.com. It'll take you right there and you can check it all out. So the whole point that I'm trying to drive home here is if, if that were the case, if we all had to charge as lawn and landscapers, if we all had to charge the same prices for the same services, here are some things that I think that we could do to separate ourselves. Here's some things that I already do specifically with aeration and, and seeding season. I'll go into that as well, but here's some things, right? People nowadays are really are looking up everything online as well as what they see in front of their face. So if you're already in a neighborhood and you're driving by or you're on a property you better make sure you're doing the best job. You better make sure you look professional, you're branded, everything. You know, uniform shirt, everyone's got the same one. It matches, it's clean, it pops, it's, it's or you know, uh, professional. Whatever pants people are wearing are not ripped to shreds or disgustingly dirty. You know, their, their face and hair and everything isn't a hot mess. It looks, you know, decent. Of course, we're going to get hot and sweaty and 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 get grass and dirt on us, you know, throughout the day, but not like we've been rolling around in mud or something, or like we haven't taken a shower in a month, like that kind of stuff. Like be professional, clean, your, your setup doesn't have to be brand new trucks, trailers, and mowers, but they're all clean. You've got, um, logos, contact information, whatever, however extensive and detailed you want to make that, whether it's just a logo and a phone number or whatever, or you want to have a whole wrap for your truck or trailer with all these cool things or like a picture of a lawn, perfect lawn, like, you know, an actual picture, like wrapped on your truck. Like there's some creative stuff out there, but just something other than a, a, an unmarked truck and trailer, you know, and some rusted up, beat ups, you know, run down mowers that are smoking the whole time, you know, all these toxic fumes and stalling out and, and you looking all beat up and beat down and dirty. Like, don't do that. Like put all your best foot forward with all of the highlights that I just pointed out while you're on a property and driving through neighborhoods, people are going to see that visually. And they're going to think about that. It's going to stand out with them. The more times you're doing that, they're going to, you're going to see more approachable to the people actually that care, right? The people that are willing to pay for the value. They don't want some busted up, bro broke, busted and disgusted, right? Paul Jameson person just rolling up, you know, in, in, in front of their, uh, their, their property. It's almost embarrassing to some people that are trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're not going to want, you know, a rust bucket sitting in front of their, their truck and a cigarette hanging out their mouth and all this stuff. So, um, so, get that squared away square one that will start separating you and making you more approachable and eventually you know once you you know that's going to help you get some people and then you can work on being irreplaceable but so those that that's one way people are looking at reviews online the if they don't see you right they're looking up online they're google searching lawn care and everything so if you have a lot of good reviews if, if you have any kind of presence if you don't have a website or a facebook business facebook page or anything then there's no way for them to even find you online so you gotta have something google my business is a big one you know have all of them if you can but at least start with google my business and facebook business page those two things are free 100 percent. so 
obviously you can boost posts on both of them. So that's not free, you know, and do like little ads and promos and things like that. Try and generate more, more traffic to the, to, uh, to get people to call you and email you, contact you. But at the bare minimum, you just create those things and they're free. And now you're online, you're on the internet, you have SEO, search engine optimization. So when people Google lawn care, your Google, my business, your Facebook business page, all that stuff pops up. Um, so they can find you and hopefully see pictures of your work and see reviews of your work from happy, satisfied customers or regular clients, whether it's someone that just did one job, you did one job for someone, or you're taking care of someone's property year round. That's the difference between a customer and a client, by the way. That's a, I think I did an episode on that a long time ago, customer versus client, but you, you kind of want to, for maintenance anyway, you want to get everyone to be a client. So you're doing regular services for them instead of just these transactional people, which are customers. Hey, I got to move out of my house and put on the market. Can you hack down these overgrown bushes and put down, pull all the weeds and put down some fresh mulch? You know, like those are one-time transactional customers. You'll probably never see them again. And if you need to fill a spot or you're just starting out, that's great. Find your local real estate agents. They've got tons of work like that for you. But if you're looking for longevity and scaling your business and growth, you're, you're going to want to build clientele, people that are going to be there, that live there, you know, and they're going to want you to mow their lawn every week, treat their yard, you know, throughout the year and, and, and whatever else you want to do, you know, shrubs, mulch, maybe you're into hardscaping, maybe you want to do irrigation, whatever it is, all these things have some some maintenance aspects to them um, after the initial design build or, or whatever. So uh, the, the, those, those are the things that, that um, that's that the difference between customer and client is, is what I mean. So hopefully if you have enough clients or even just one, you know, you got to start somewhere you can, after you've done a certain amount of work for them, you know, and they're happy. Usually when, when people, if people, hopefully people will compliment you on your work if not, maybe halfway through the year or the end of the season, they've never complained. If they haven't complimented, they didn't complain. So unfortunately, the old adage, no news is good news, right? So hopefully they're satisfied and you can ask them to give you a review and you start building that up and you, you start accumulating reviews. So people will see the reviews online and that will attract them to you. That will also separate you from your competition. Now, that they aren't doing any of those things. Now, once you get get these folks and you start building that clientele, that's where you start making yourself irreplaceable. That's where you start focusing on details that matter, that no one else is focusing on, that might only take a few extra minutes here and there. You can maybe charge a little bit extra for these uh, services because you're adding that stuff in. And that's going to just make you irreplaceable. Here's some examples just to round things, just to bring things back together here, um, ending with aeration and, and seating. But like for an example, and these are all things that I do for mulch season, right? I do that in the spring typically. And um, not only, you know, do we put down the fresh mulch and clean everything up when we're done, but we also redefine all of the mulch beds before we even get there, uh, before we put the mulch down. Sometimes when we're in a pinch, we do it literally the same at the same time. We, we you know, I start re redefining the beds or somebody else does while someone else starts loading up wheelbarrows and or whatever, you know, the mulch force, you know, on the Toro multi-force and start dumping uh, mulch so that we can start spreading it. But you, ideally, I like to go around to all the properties that we're doing mulch for and redefine them all in one one or two days or whatever, get them all knocked out. So then we can just come back a different day with the mulch and just focus on that and not have to worry about also, you know, redefining the beds because that's just more equipment we have to bring with us and so on. We just want to come show up, spread the mulch and, and, and move on, you know, clean it, move on. But that's an added service that I'm, I'm adding that a lot of people don't do. A lot of people charge the same amount that I charge or, or less than what I charge. And people are like, why do you charge so much when so-and-so is charging blank, you know, whatever, 20 bucks less, you know, per, per yard of mulch. It's like, okay, well, what are they actually doing for you? Like I spell this out on my quotes, you know, I say for a, a, a mulch estimate, it's, delivering, you know, um, the, whatever color mulch they want, brown, you know, X amount of yards of brown mulch, for example, it's the popular, most popular color, um, and redefining the mulch bed edges. That's part of it. Some people add in pulling all the weeds, which is a, 
a huge upsell there. That's almost a project in and of itself. If it's, it hasn't been like ever done before, like if it's not a weekly client or it's a new client, something like that, that might be a whole separate project. You had to come in a separate day to clean, pull all the weed, weeds, whatever, you know, weed whack them, spray them at Roundup, combination of all three sometimes, uh, pull all the big stuff, spray all the little stuff, you know, and then redefine the beds and get that all done. Like what, what we call prepping the beds. So then when you come back, either you or another team comes behind you the same day or the next day or whenever and puts the fresh mulch down. Now that's a whole pri different pricing structure altogether, all but that's stuff that a lot of people don't do or not everyone does. So when you do that, that again, that's making you irreplaceable because people are like, man, I don't, I don't know anyone else. No one else has ever done that before. Like, this is really cool. This is really nice. They really, you know, go, go above and beyond. So that's one example. Um, going on to aeration and seeding, rounding up, up the conversation, uh, something that I've done to add, you know, increase the, the, the value and the price of my aeration and seeding jobs is I am very detailed with my cleanups, uh, as well as I volunteer to adjust sprinklers and flag sprinklers. Now that allows me to build that into the pricing, which means my prices are a lot higher than the average company in my area because I'm including these things. Like, do you need us to flag your sprinklers? Okay, we will do that. One, I guarantee that they're flagged when we come to, to, to area and seed them and I have to play that game and then like charge them a rescheduling fee or something. So like in the end, they're still going to pay for it, right? But it's more of a hassle for you to have to come back, reschedule it and come back. So I'd rather get it on the front end, charge them for us to come out and flag the sprinklers ahead of time so that we can come back when, we, when we're scheduled to come back and know that we can aerate and seed and be ready and, and it's all ready to go. So there's that. Then after we aerate and seed, there's um, adjusting your sprinklers. Like, hey, I've noticed over the court, like this is, again, yet another reason to have clients and why it's more difficult to have these transactional customers. Like I used to just aerate and seed anybody and everybody, including my weekly, my regular clients, my mowing clients, my fertilization and weed control clients. Sometimes they're both one and the same I like right now, I currently still get tons of calls and emails from people wanting a quote for aeration and seating, you know, and it's, that's all great. And I used to do that, but guess what? My schedule is packed with my regular clients. So I, I literally, I honestly and literally don't have extra time to add on just random people, aeration and seating that I've never seen them before, never met them, never been on their property. They may be in, they may be in the same neighborhoods that we're always in or surrounding neighborhoods. So like logistically, it's not breaking our route density too much or at all. You know, we can just easily add it on, right? Quote unquote, easily add on another aeration and seating, just bang that out. But it's similar to mowing. It's like, okay, someone, Hey, can you just mow my yard while you're here real quick? Well, you add that on and is, is it just this one-time thing? It's kind of a waste of time. And all it does is put you behind 20 minutes or whatever to however long it takes, you know, a couple of guys to, you know, or if it's by yourself, is it, you know, 40 minutes, you know, like putting you behind now, are you now, if you had a packed schedule, now you're working past dark or you're, you're missing dinner, both, whatever. Like, is that really what you want to do? Is it really worth that 50 bucks or even a hundred bucks if it's an overgrown lawn or something, which is typically what happens when people just randomly come up to you and say, Hey, can you mow my lawn? It's, I, I couldn't get to it for a month, you know, like the you know, that's normally what it is. So regardless, is, is that, is it worth it? Are you really chasing money like that? Now in the beginning, when you're building your business, I get it. You know, that's, it's, it's, you want to take on anything and everything to, to an extent within reason. And I did that, been there, done that same thing with aeration and seating. I would just take it all on as long as, you know, it was, it was in my general service area. But again, my schedule would get crazy, filled up, hectic. And when I would show up, there'd be all kinds of wacky stuff, right? These people weren't conditioned. I wasn't on their property before, so I'd never, uh, first time is just looking at it to give them a quote, you know, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not walking every square inch of the property versus riding on it with a mower every week for the, an entire season. And now you know all the nuances. Is there like a random hole 
divot here is a soft spot over there. Look at this dry spot. Back to my original point, look at this dry area of the lawn. This one part of the lawn, this one corner of the lawn is always dry. It just burns up in the summer. Is that because the sprinklers maybe aren't hitting it? Maybe you didn't care or you forgot to mention it or whatever over the course of summer, but during aeration and seeding season, you should definitely follow up on that because the seed's not going to grow in that area. Been there, done that. Plenty of people, hey, seed's not growing in a certain spot. Can you come check it out? Maybe we need more seed. Like, no, 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 no. You don't need more seed. It didn't vanish. The seed is still sitting there. It's just too dry for for the for the seed to germinate. That means this, this sprinklers aren't hitting that area. Well, let's find out what's going on. You know, you can I can adjust the sprinklers. You know, run them on test and see. Look at that. That this sprinkler, there's no sprinkler even hitting this area, or this sprinkler is just hitting the mailbox. Something happened, and it needs to be adjusted so that it can hit this area on this off to the side of the mailbox. I can easily do that. I've learned how to do all this stuff um, at my house, you know, for my own sprinklers. You know, there's only a couple of things that I call the sprinkler company to do. Like I could probably winterize my own sprinkler system, but I just would rather not because I don't have the time or uh, uh, whatever air compressor or whatever to be able to hook that up and do, and I just don't, I don't care to do that. I don't want to get into irrigation. So that's just not, I don't, I don't do that. So there's certain things like that, that I still have an irrigation company come out and do, but if a sprinkler needs to be adjusted, I do it myself. You know, it's super easy. I figured it out. I've got all the tools. It's easy for anyone to figure out. I mean, YouTube's everyone's friend, right? Um, you can Google anything, look anything up on YouTube and find out how to do stuff or just go to your local landscape supplier and, and usually they'll they'll help you out with that. If they sell the tools, if they sell irrigation supplies, then they're usually going to have at least someone there knowledgeable about some stuff and they can help you with that. But so that's something else that I offer. If I've noticed ahead of time that there's a dry area, like I said, a dry corner or something, I will mention to them, hey, just so you know, I've noticed that there's a section of the lawn or a couple spots in, in, on your property that are always dry up um, over the summer. You know, maybe the sprinklers aren't hitting, you know, you're not getting the right coverage with your sprinklers in that area. I can take a look at it for you, you know, and something like that is kind of like flagging. I think flagging takes a little bit longer when you're by yourself. Yeah, you can run around, you know throwing flags down by all the sprinklers. Yes, you can do it in a speedy way, but I feel like, you know, looking at one particular area is probably quicker and easier. Like, oh, I look the sprinklers off. You go over, you get, you get the right tool, you adjust it, you're done. Boom, there it is, you're done. But anyway, that's all part of um, adding, you know, getting adding value and increasing the price for the service of aeration and seeding because it's beyond just punching holes in the ground and dropping some seed, right? Like that's, anyone can do that. Granted, not everyone can do it safely without, you know, damaging themselves, damaging the equipment, damaging property, right? That's a, a common thing. So not doing those things sets you apart, unfortunately. You know, the bar is pretty low, unfortunately, with a lot of these things. So it's not, it's not really hard. You just have to focus on them so that you can become the irreplaceable business, you know, lawn care provider. They're like, man, they, every time they aerate, there's seed in every square inch, every crack, every corner, like right up against the house, around the mailboxes. They even, you know, punch holes, you know, manually around the mailbox and in the corners of the fences in the house, you know, walkways and things that the aerator just can't get up against, can't get that tight in there, um, regardless of what aerator you use, you know, like, but they punch holes manually and you can see that there's seed in there. So, you know, no, no patch of grass uh, is left behind, right? You know, everything is, is taken care of like, wow, that's cool. And then, man, they adjust our sprinklers, man, they flag our sprinklers, man. It's like, we don't have to do anything that literally we're paying them to do it all and, and make our lawn look great. What a novel concept, right? You know, and, and above and beyond that, there's the cleanup. I, you know, I make sure that there's no, you know, cores, you know how it is. They look like chunks of mud. You know, you, 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 you run them over if they're wet at all, you know, they, they, it turns into mud and it kind of gets caked on, on the tires of your aerator, your spreader, your boots, all that kind of stuff. And then when you walk on a hard surface, you know, street, sidewalk, driveway, all the above, you know, the, the clumps tend to come off and get stuck on that surface. And then you got to go back when you're blowing, you know, any, any little excess seed that might've gotten on the hard surfaces, you're blowing that back in the grass, but you're also trying to blow off any cores that kind of rolled off onto the hard surfaces and that you kind of like stepped on or rode over, you know, tire tracks. And 
it's just unsightly. And, and, and a lot of times those things are smushed down in there and most guys would just blow whatever they can blow, right? Whatever moves with the blower, that's it. You know, anything that doesn't move, they just leave it. They don't care. They just leave. Boom. Dang. At least the seed is back into the grass and, you know, the, you know, some or the majority of the cores or whatever is blown back in. There's no random loose dirt around, but all the chunks and clumps and things that are all smear, smeared and smashing everything, they just leave it there. Well, I don't. I scrape it off. I've got like an ice pick, an ice scraper, you know, with a long wooden handle that you, you know, chip away at ice, you know, on a sidewalk or, a, 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 you know, front steps or something. You just, you chop, you chop it up, you know, it's like very thin but you know, heavy duty metal scraper and you just bang, bang, bang. And you just, you just straight down and chop it up. It's an ice pick or whatever you call it. And I have one of those and I really rarely use it for ice. Cause we don't get a whole lot of snow and ice, you know, nowadays here in central Virginia, but um, I use it for aeration season because it's super easy because it's a long handle. So you're not bending over constantly or anything like that. You're not trying to scrape it off with your boot. And then guess what happens? You get on your boot and all this nonsense. It's super easy to just walk around with that scraper and in one hand and the blower in the other hand. And as you're walking along up to a section or a part that has these clumps, you just you, you walk forward and scrape those clumps up super easily without even putting any effort in you're just walking you're just kind of scraping along the surface and and you're blowing at the same time direction of that to blow into the grass and it's just like a seamless activity and you just walk around scraping and blowing and just cleaning everything up so and the last thing is if there's any like built up thatched areas, like, you know, sometimes, you know, the dogs pee in, you know, in certain spots and they, they, all the uh, urine, you know, the nitrogen in there will burn out those sections or for who knows what, maybe there's some weeds that, 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 that got sprayed and killed or whatever the deal is. There's multiple reasons why there's dead spots and bare spots and a bunch of thatch buildup in people's lawns. And you can, you know, you aerate that, but there's, you know, the holes are all spread out with the aerator. Like they're not, you know, on top of each other. So it's not like you're tilling up that area or scraping it up, raking it up, anything like that, cultivating it, you know, you're just aerating it. So you're just, you know, go right through punching holes, pulling cores out, but there's still a whole lot of thatched area or bare soil area that's, that's undisturbed. So you can go over it several times and potentially if it's loose soil, that works pretty good. You can just go over it several times and kind of get it all nice and stirred up and aerated real good so that the seed will, there's a lot of places for the seed to go in there and grow and fill that, that bare spot in. But when it comes to like thatch and the dead grass from, from, uh, from the dogs peeing on it, or just like the dead thatch buildup from dead weeds and things like that, you can easily just kind of scrape it off with your foot or you can walk around with like a little rake, you know, like the little like shrub rakes that are smaller so you can get in between all the shrubs and kind of get some of those uh, clippings out there. You can just walk around with that like I do and just scrape up before I aerate and just, you know, it's like kind of like part of the prep. I just walk around and, I, and again, if I'm already mowing their lawn every week, I already know where these spots are. So I just go straight to them, whether it's a little or a lot. And I just rake it up real quick and I end up with a bunch of piles of thatch and I come back, scoop them all up with the, uh, like one of, one of my push mower lawn, uh, push mower bags and throw them all in there back in the trailer, dispose of it later, boom, whatever. And some, you know, in some woods somewhere or throw in a garbage bag, eventually, whatever the deal is, there's, there's always woods in my properties, like a lot of them. So I, there's always a place for me to eventually dump grass clippings and tree branches and, you know, small twigs and branches and things like that. So it's not a big deal. You just temporarily put in the truck or the trailer and you're good but you rake all that up so now the soil is exposed and a little bit you know stirred up and whatnot so now you can aerate it and seed it and it grows in and it's great these are the little details that people that are going to make people want to call you or email contact you every year to aerate and seed their lawn regardless of what you're charging them because you know they don't know what they're going to get from the you know chuck or whatever you know it's just, so and and if they do get someone else they'll quickly learn that not everyone does all those things so 
I focus on a lot of details. I've just always been a detail oriented type person. My issue is just not to get too methodical with it. You know, make sure I always have the most efficient equipment and the most efficient strategy and, and, and way and path and not walking back and forth and all that kind of stuff to be as efficient as possible so I can get in and get out, you know, get the job done in the time that it needs to get done so I can be as profitable as possible while still focusing on those details that a lot of people just don't do. Maybe they do some of the things I mentioned, but not all of them. And they also charge, you know, a lower price on top of it all. So I do all those things and then charge a premium price for aeration and seeding, for mulch. Um, Working on the whole mowing situation, that's a really hard one. The market is so bad all across the country from so many people just, you know, running around with push mowers, just cutting grass for 20 bucks, you know. And all this, that it's it's just a mess. People just expect that, you know, not to pay that much to get someone to cut their grass. It's just a mentality that we have to start trying to shift with the consumers. And, you know, that's a whole nother battle. But there's still details that you can do, you know, that you can add on, whether it's, you know, maybe it's pulling the weeds every, every week um, while you're there mowing. Hey, any weeds, pull them, you know, or, you know, hit them with the weed whacker or spray them with Roundup, whatever, all of the above. So that the mulch beds stay clean clean of grass clippings and clean of weeds after you're done every week after you cut the grass so not only did you cut the grass and make it look nice and clean and and everything's edged and trimmed but you also cleaned up the mulch beds too uh if you do that every week it's only a little bit at a time that you're doing versus uh you know if you just if you wait and then you're spending spending a long time there but you're also um adding that on to your your weekly mowing price you know whether it's 10 bucks 15 whatever it is that you add on to that however long it's going to take you and you, you estimate that in a month and divide it by 4 weeks or five you know a weekly all that stuff the point is you get to add you get to increase the price of your mowing service to add that value because you're adding that extra value so those are just some ways Different food for thought, ways of uh, replace, being irreplaceable. Um, I, I know one other quick thing is I know some folks that will kind of be like a subcontractor or be, I'm sorry, be a general contractor for lawn and landscaping for their their client's property, right? And they have a whole bunch of subcontractors. Like, okay, we don't do irrigation, but we've got a guy. We don't do landscape installs, but we got a guy. We don't do hardscaping like patios and all that kind of stuff, but we got a guy, you know, like power washing, we got a guy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it's all you, it's still one invoice. You still are adding it to the client's invoice. They pay you and you pay your subcontractors, whatever it is that they ask for. Typically you're going to pad some extra so that you are getting some money for being the general contractor, getting them that work, coordinating it all. So you should still get paid for that, but obviously not, you know, you're, you're not doing the work, the subcontractor is. So they're getting the majority of the, of the pay because they're the ones doing the work. So, but that's also helping your clients not have to do any of this stuff themselves, not have to contact these people themselves. I mean, like not have to figure out, Hey, do you, do you, uh, install patios? Do you do an irrigation? No, sorry. Do you do fertilization and weed control? No, sorry. Oh, do you know, do you recommend anyone? Like, you know, cause, cause they're trying to save time. They don't want to have to go through the rabbit hole again of researching all this stuff. They already did that probably to find you or just happen to see you drive by and you do a good job so that they felt like they, you know, got lucky with that, you know, that they, they, they don't want to have to go through that process over again. So if you can make it as easy as possible for them, say, yeah, you know, you could say, yes, we do irrigation or say, no, but I got a guy, you know, I'll get it set up for you, you know, or I'll have them meet with you and you guys can work it out. Boom. You know, and you just have it all streamlined for them. That's making you irreplaceable because, there's not a lot of other people that do that, or they don't know if anyone does that or not, and they don't want to have to go figure that out. They don't want to go find anyone. So as long as you're not messing things up, you do a good job every week or month or however often you're there, providing these services, making yourself irresistible, I mean, uh, ir- ir- well, yeah, that's <laughs> irreplaceable, you know, then you're going to have, you're going to have clients for life, you know, you, that'll set yourself apart from the competition. So even though there's no regulated prices and things like that and services or whatever yet, or currently you can still act like that there, there are, and you have to find a way to separate yourself from everyone. Because if the price, if everyone charges the same price, how do you separate yourself? That's how I started 
kind of ish <laughs> this whole episode at some point, you know, probably 30 minutes ago. That's what I was saying that. How would you separate yourself? That's what I was, that's what I think about a lot, you know, like one, I wish, you know, sometimes that things were regulated and two, well, what if they were, what, what would we do to separate ourselves? What would I do to separate myself? Well, why not just do that now? Like, why not just do it? Like, I don't need to be regulated to do that, to think outside the box and to make myself irreplaceable. So I hope this helped. You know, of course, typical IBG episode, you know, LCR fashion. I did a lot of ranting and rambling and some rabbit holes here and there, but I think I still kind of kept it all under the same ultimate umbrella there um, and, and, and brought out some some value. And definitely, sh- I definitely shared a lot of what I do to try and get more value from my, to try and give more value to my clients to get more profit, you know, from from them, more revenue and so on, be able to raise my my prices and charge premium rates for, for a lot of these services. So some food for thought there. We wanted to make this episode for a while. Finally got it out here because we're in aeration and seeding season. It's like the prime time. It's my most premium. I mean, mulch is pretty premium too, but I don't do as much mulch as I do aeration and seeding. Um, and it's, it's, it makes a huge difference as well in the health of the lawn, just like you know, mulch makes a big difference in the look of the lawn and the health of the plants that are in the mulch if you do it right and stuff like that. But um, it's really, uh, it's it's my, my highest premium service is aeration and seeding. I've got all the right tools and equipment, stand on aerators, all that stuff um, so that I can be as efficient as possible and not waste time and, and not kill myself either being dragged around the yard with those traditional old fashioned walk behind aerators and just be like, spent, you know, at the end of the day and not want to do it the next day. So I have it all dialed in for aeration and seeding as well as a lot of other services, but aeration and seeding is what we're doing right now. So that's why I wanted to talk about it and use that as the biggest example with the other ones sprinkled in there. Um, and how I do here, um, in central Virginia, Midlothian, Virginia area. So thank you guys for listening. As always, please uh, please share the share the uh, the podcast. Share this episode if if uh, you, if it resonated with you. If you appreciate if you appreciated the time that I took to make this episode, I appreciate you listen the time you took to listen to it. Please, I appreciate you if you would share it with somebody else. That's that's what helps everyone grow, including the show. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. Until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.